This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. Hi, and welcome to EM Weekly, and I am your host, Todd DeVoe speaking. This week, we are talking about the role of EMS and emergency management In some parts of the country, EMS is a third service, and in some cases, it even falls under public health programs. So this got me thinking, where would EMS sit at the table? And how do they function in, you know, like a health crisis or in something that's not fire or law related? You know, um, could EMS actually lead the response? However, before we get into the interview, uh, let's take some time and think about the people who have lost and were impacted by the fires in Butte County, California. Uh, If you can, please donate to the charity of your choice, and here we like to talk about Good360, which is a really great charity, the American Red Cross, and Team Rubicon, who are all out there making a difference today. Well, on to the interview. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share, and collaborate. So I have Timothy Williamson with me right now, and uh, I'm excited about this. We're talking about EMS and emergency management. So Timothy, welcome to EM Weekly. Oh, thanks. Uh, Pleasure to be here. I'm uh, really excited to be on your show. Uh, Big fan. (laughs) Thanks. So Tim, (laughs) tell me a little bit about how you got involved with EMS specifically, and then a little bit about your involvement with emergency services and emergency management. So, you know, it's kind of hard to say when I initially, you know, got excited about emergency or um, EMS rather. I initially just wanted to go into fire science uh, in high school, went into fire science, quickly learned through my advisor at the time that, you know, to be a firefighter, at least get hired on, you definitely need to at least have your EMT. Didn't even really know what an EMT was at that time. So during my fire science, I met with a, a great guy named Mike Dant, director of EMS over there at Illinois Central College. Went there, instantly fell in love. My first class, EMT, went straight through my paramedic, also continued with my fire science. Got my associate degree in EMS and associate degree in fire science. And uh, from there, I was lucky enough to work in the emergency department, kind of you know get the feel on how that actually works. After that, I was lucky to get hired on at uh, the Morton Fire Department in Morton, Illinois. Been there for full-time, about going on nine years next March, so pretty exciting stuff. Time flies. Mm-hmm. Uh, during that time, man, it's been just nothing but an uphill, lucky career. So after I started doing Morton Fire Department, I actually continued my education. Went was able to take the critical care paramedic through Creighton University online. Great program for anybody who has the opportunity for that. And then just kind of got started in the teachings just simply by teaching CPR classes and ACLS classes, which we call alphabet classes. I can break that down for you if you like later. was lucky enough to actually start working at my alma mater, Illinois Central College, teaching CPR classes and what have you. And then I started working for a company called MedicCE.com, which uh, does EMS continuing education. They're great as well. And then a few years after that, I was actually able to become an EMS education officer at the Morton Fire Department, where I do continuing education. I also help renew their licenses, things like that. About two and a half years ago, I started 
I've kind of decided that, you know, I needed to kind of pursue or uh, extend my education. So I actually uh, attended Purdue University Global. Used to be Kaplan, now it's Purdue. Great, great program. Got a degree, a bachelor's degree in fire and emergency management. And that's kind of where I really started getting into emergency management. Their program does a great job of actually just, one, kind of introducing you to it, really understanding what emergency management does. Because quite honestly, and, and that's something like, well, kind of want to dive into with you a little, little bit is the fact that before even learning about going to Purdue, uh, I learned a little bit of emergency management through NIMS, that through my fire department, through the fire science stuff. But you know, I think that's one thing that's lacking. And again, I don't want to get hung up on it right now too much. And then from there, you know, I've just been doing all that and just started my master's in public administration, which I know you're, uh, you have your master's degree in that. So we can definitely talk about that. I'm excited about it. Going through University of Illinois Springfield online. So that's a little bit about me. In addition, I'm also our union secretary treasurer, as well as I volunteer for the Illinois Emergency Services Management Association. And I'm actually just lucky enough to just get published in um, a magazine called GEMS, which is Journal for Emergency Medical Services, for an article I wrote uh, called Pre-Planned EMS Role in Emergency Management. So, oh, really um, good. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, super excited about that. So really just trying to, you know, be a best professional I can. And in, in addition to February, I was lucky enough to go down to uh, Emmitsburg, Maryland for the FEMA Basic Academy, the front two weeks. Got back from that and I'm hoping to finish that up next February. So. Oh, congratulations on, at, yeah. on the EMI. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so, a great, it's, it's so beautiful there, man, as you know. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the article that you wrote for Gems. That's kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, for so, sure. What's the premise of the article? Uh, basically, you know, as I went through my undergrad, I just kind of realized that, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed with my department. We, we do a great job of training and, and going over emergency management. But, you know, I think as a whole in EMS, you know, we don't have, in my opinion, it's, we lack in preparedness for this. So, you know, when, we, when I go into work, I go into work, and if a call drops, we go. If it's a multiple, you know, casualty incident, we go and then we come back and really there's no, for most departments and even private ambulances, you really don't have a, you know, I don't know of any you know particular plans as far as what happens, you know, do we, we don't have a plan for how to respond to these kind of situations like disaster plans, you know, or the simple fact of, you know, if I'm, if there is a disaster and I'm going to it, you know, am, the whole time I'm going to be worried about my family. Most EMS providers do not have a plan for their own family. So, Sometimes you actually, you know, just take the New Orleans, for example, during, during that hurricane, you know, they, a lot of police officers and EMS workers actually abandoned their posts just simply because they wanted to go take care of their families, which sounds terrible. But if you really sit down and think about it, you know, it's not that, you know, it, they're human beings. So, right. and so that's kind of what really got me into writing that. But it basically just talks about, you know, why we need to pre-plan, why pre-plan is important, knowing your, your the community you serve. So like where I work. Central Illinois, you know, I would say our biggest problem we would face is flooding and uh, tornadoes, which I think a lot of Midwestern America would, would worries about as well. And and that's basically the gist of it. And I can definitely go into more of it if you'd like. Sure, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to hear about the but what your what your thought process is. Sure, sure. So, you know, it's pretty brief uh, article if for the most part, just kind of mostly just to kind of get people's attention to just kind of think about you know your resources. For example, like if here where I work uh, and a lot of other places we have, you know, I work for a, a ambulance, fire-based ambulance. So we have two ambulances. We're a pretty small town, great city, but you know, two ambulances is not a lot. <laughs> so if there is more than four patients, as, assuming that they're not too banged up, 
where our, our resources are tapped or if there's another call that drops while we're on these calls. And I know you have some EMS experience as well. So, you know, we need to really be planning on what else, who else can we call? What are our other agencies that can respond to us, assuming that they're not tied up on their own calls? What happens if they're tied up? What happens if there's multiple patients? How are we going to transport them? What happens if there's a bridge down because we had to cross a bridge to get to the local hospitals here? So all things to just kind of think about. Um, yeah. So one of the things we've been talking about here a little bit is the after action report from the Vegas shooting. And reading it, it there were some, some serious critiques of it, which I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they were there. And it, we're learning from those, right? We don't, we're not, and, and just so everybody knows, we're not using this after action report to, to ever dog on anybody. It's, it's how we can learn to be better. And one of the things that, that seemed to fail there was the incident command system mm. and the EMTs and, and the ambulances were kind of doing their own thing. They really didn't get into a system. Right. Um, what do you think that we could do better as emergency managers working with EMS and fire, I suppose, but you know, it depends on where you're at, who runs what, but with, with definitely with EMS and fire on how to better prepare for that mass casualty event, whether it's active shooter or uh, you know, the large bus accident. You know, what, what, what do we do that we could do? What can we do better as far as training? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. But let me back up a little bit before that, you know, so you, you made a great point. And the big thing, I think the biggest hurdle we face is from EMS to fire to emergency managers is not a lot of people know what the other roles are. So meaning like if, if emergency manager gets on scene and yet while they're supposed to hope, you know, be part of the incident command system, they may not know what EMS providers are there, what kind of ambulance they have, what kind of skills they have, and vice versa. And that kind of goes back to what I just said, you know, when I went through paramedic school, and I think this is a big thing we're, we're lacking in, in paramedicine, or even EMTs or EMS in general, is we don't have a grasp on EM, what emergency managers do. And we need to really change that first off. We need to implement, you know, FEMA training courses. We need to go over just the basics on command structures. Because like I said, you know, a fresh let's put myself an example, a fresh 20 year old kid that just graduated with his paramedic license. I couldn't tell you what my roles and responsibilities are when it, if, a, if a shooting like that happened, you know, you just show up and you hope for the best. And so I think we need to get better at our core education on all sides of it. And in, in addition to that, to answer your question is, you know, that all comes down to clear communication. I don't know the specifics, so I don't really want to, you know, bash on anybody like you said, but, you know, I, I wonder how well they communicated with their emergency managers. I wonder how often they've trained. You know, that's definitely a bigger city. So the more people you get thrown into the mix, the, the more hectic it's going to be. We try to around here is have a tabletop discussions on what we do. But sometimes, especially fire-based and EMS-based, we just tend to be ourselves. We don't tend to invite emergency managers and, and vice versa, you know. And so that's when you really get the confusion going on. You really don't know what your resources are, and that's when it really has hectic. You have people just grabbing people and taking take them to the hospital, but you know, it, instead of doing a proper triage and things like that. So for me, it would definitely be core value education on emergency management. And then secondly, just good practice and good communication system-wide. You know, you got to involve everybody. And, and, and I think most people, including chiefs or fire people and EMS and emergency management people know that, but implementing implementing it and actually practicing and, and sitting down and being on the same team, I think that's definitely something we can we need to work on as a, as in the United States. Yeah, I agree with you. I, one of the things that we always say is you never want to trade business cards when you're standing patch to patch at the, at the end of a car. You know? 
So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and how do we fix that? You know, it, it, is it a personality issue? Is it just, is it something else? Is it administrative? Is it um, citywide that we just don't know these things, but it ultimately falls on all of us. You know, we need to know what, who each other are and, and what our capabilities are. It's unfortunately, I think in the EMS and fire world specifically, it's, I don't need your help. We can do it. It's our department. And there's a lot of pride in, in, in rightfully so, you know, fire departments traditionally are very proud people for, for good reason. Cause you know, they're brotherhoods and sisterhoods and asking for help sometimes is the hard, it's the hard part. And I'm lucky enough to work for a great chief that definitely sees beyond that, but you know, you see it, you see it, you see a lot of people just not wanting to play with others. And I think that's when you're going to, you know, come into chaos. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm lucky that I'm in an area where we do play well together in, in the sandbox. And one of the reasons why we do so well together is because uh, for the longest time, which is now de- or decommissioned, we had a nuclear power plant, you know, just down the street from us, a few miles south on the border between San Diego and, and Orange County. And so because of that, we were forced to play well together in the, in the sandbox, because if that thing ever had an issue, it, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's a big thing. And, yeah. and- you know, and I think a lot of other issues that emergency managers may face is like, you know, depending on the size of your community that you serve, you're, you may only be part-time. And so how are you supposed to develop hard, good relationships when you're working 20 hours a week part-time and not, you know, in, in trying to make, you know, no three other departments or four other departments in your county or wherever you serve. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, don't get me started on that because not only that, <laughs> right. you know, sometimes yeah, it's, it's definitely an issue, but it, it comes down to, in my opinion, you know, again, it's, it's how well do emergency managers in your opinion get, you know, have a relationship even with their elected officials? Well, I, I think that most emergency managers, a true emergency manager, when I say this is because you, a lot of times you have the collateral duty, you know, fire captain who just gets promoted or a police sergeant who gets promoted. And all of a sudden now they're the, they're the emergency manager for that two-year right. stint or whatever. Um, I think the people that actually do emergency management for a living, that's their, their day job for, for lack of a better term, they tend to have a better relationship with the city manager or the elected officials because it's what they do, right? Absolutely. Uh, where where you fall into some issues, like I, like I said before, is it's those collateral duty people who, number one, it no fault of their own. It lays on their, comes onto their lap just because of pr- promotion. Absolutely. You know? And so they might not even have the aptitude for emergency management, let alone the attitude for emergency management, because they just all of a sudden are like, holy crap, I got to do this. I don't even understand it. <laughs> right. You know, right. and, and then then by, by the time they do, now they're, they're, they're rotating out of that position back to the floor, you know? <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and that's a great point. I'm super glad you brought that up. Cause I, I just something I want to mention. Um, you know, at least around here, you see a lot of fire chiefs that take that are not take on that role. They are assigned those rules. And so you have a fire chief that is trying to not only run his own, his or her own department, trying to, you know, allocate resources well necessary, worried about his or her budget. And now you throw that emergency management. Well, that's almost impossible in my opinion. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of fire chiefs that are great emergency managers, obviously, but you know, we, need to be having professional emergency managers out there. And just like you said, because, you know, I put myself an example, let's say I'm a fire chief and now I'm an emergency manager. My bias, bias is going to go towards the, you know, the fire service. Right, right. I'm going to be worried about my guys. I'm maybe not too much about the police force. And, and just because I have so much on my plate and trying to do this, I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible in my opinion. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, like, I, and I'm pretty vocal about this, and so it's, this is not going to be any shock to anybody who's listening <laughs> to this podcast. You know, I, I really do think that emergency managers, um, 
should be at least the, the emergency manager for a city um, should be at least at the same level as the fire chief and police chief to have that same department level uh, position. But uh, uh, I, I'm, I think I'm the minority on, on, on that uh, opinion, but that's where I, that's where I stand and that's where I'll keep standing. Sure. We're going to take a quick break here and listen to what our sponsors have to say. And we'll be right back to the interview in a minute. Emergencies happen. Whether they're related to medical emergencies, threats of physical violence, weather related, or other. One of the most difficult things during an emergency is to find help and quickly and efficiently communicate with all parties, regardless of whether you're an administrator, law enforcement, or the end user. With Titan HST, we help distort time by creating high-tech yet simple-to-use mobile-based applications that connect you with the people who can help you. At Titan HST, we believe in the power of people. Emergency managers need exercise in order to test preparedness and efficiency during an emergency situation. TTX Vault provides pre-assembled, pre-filled out tabletops, drills, and functionals so you can exercise more effectively and at a reduced cost. With TTX Vault, customers receive either a disk or flash drive pre-uploaded with the exercise of their choice. Print out the documents, review, fill in the information, and you are ready to execute the exercise. Your first step to preparedness is going to ttxvault.com. Hi, this is Todd DeVoe from EM Weekly. If your company is in the emergency management and response space, EM Weekly is a place for you to advertise. Each week, we bring in experts in emergency management, response, and leadership from around the world, and they're here to share their best practices. Our listeners are eager to learn about new products and ideas, so this is the space for you. For more information, please contact Brian at brian at emweekly.com. Um, so your your transition, this is, this is a good actually segue. So, <laughs> and like I said, I've said this a bunch of times, there was an uh, article in Police One Online the mag- police one magazine online and it was basically saying hey go to fema is courses take you know four or five of these courses and you too can be an emergency manager <laughs> and and you have gone through you're going through a degree program gone through a degree program where you have emergency management in your degree program so you learned a little bit about it what do you think of that Thank you for retired to fire captain decides, okay, you know what, I need a second job really after I retire, so I'm going to go check become an emergency manager or the that. retired police center. captain who does the same thing. Now um, back to what do you think of people like that? You know, honestly, you know, it, I think there's two aspects. To it. So it's easy to say, no, they shouldn't. But it, in reality, it may be the best um, person for the job. And, and, you know, let's use the fire captain that retires, you know, because as, as you, as you know, and I've listened to you say it before, you know, EMS or excuse me, emergency management is, is relatively new. Uh, la- I think it was just last week you had Dr. Holman and Dr. Kemp from uh, Capella University. And they were even said, you know, basically emergency management is pretty new before it was actually a social. Oh my goodness. Of course Sociology. Sociology and 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 so emergency management still has a, a long ways to go. I think it definitely has a its place, but as far as people retiring and doing it, you know, it may just be the best choice because I'll use myself as an example. You know, I have fire based, I'm EMS based. Uh, yes, I did have, went through a great program, but you know, initially without going to FEMA and other things, just getting thrown into a um, emergency management spot, it'd be a lot. So mm-hmm. I think you know they do bring a lot of experience. They bring a lot of knowledge um so you know sometimes i think that's not i guess i guess what i'm saying is i guess it's it for those people they're very they're probably the best person for the job potentially um you know i'm curious to see what you think about it well yeah and and i think so too and and i'm and i i have some 
good friends that, I mean, for myself, obviously I came from EMS originally. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. There's a transition period that, that goes through. There is some argument right now that's going on where they're saying that anybody who goes into emergency management should have some higher education degree, whether it's public administration or you know, emergency management, something like that. There's that argument that's going on right there because the skill set is a lot different than the first responder. And I have some friends that are outstanding police administrators. You know, they're, they've made their way up from, you know, from a, a deputy to chief and never went to college. Okay. You know? yeah. um, and they, they know it well. And so there's nothing saying that you have to go to college to, to have that, that information in your, in your back pocket because you learn through experience. Right. But I think what you're finding now on the education side of things, what you're finding now is police departments are, are starting to recruit people that have at least an AA degree, um, preferably yeah. a bachelor's degree. And right. you're seeing the people that are getting up into administration have to have at least a, a, a master's degree. You know, and so right. I think I think education is is moving along, or I think hiring with people with higher de- with higher education degrees is is moving forward. And I think that as emergency managers, you're seeing some really good EMs that are coming out of college without the first response experience that are able to step into that position and do it well. And I think what you're going to find is that I think that the best of both worlds is someone like you, Timothy, who has been a first responder and has their, their advanced degree in emergency management where they can, they can tie both in. And if I was to say, if I was to create the perfect emergency manager, it would be somebody like you who went to college as a, and, and has a degree with emergency management background of public administration and then has the first responder experience because then you have best of both worlds. You understand when you're sitting in the EOC what the line guys are doing. You right. know, and and so to be able to to do that, I think that's the perfect and best the, the best work. Yeah. Let me let me, let me, let me add on to that because you bring up some great points, and you know, um, you are seeing that. You and I think a lot of people right out of high school need to understand that if you want to, you're seeing the trend of police officers, EMTs, firefighters, what have you, even emergency managers. The degrees are now going to be the I foresee it being the 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 um, standard and people really need to be educated in their craft and to go and to add on to that you know you said emergency management there's a lot of great ones coming out of college absolutely i'll say from my experience though the only you know the hardest thing for emergency managers right out of college from what i've seen when i went to the fema among other things is that you know while this the the knowledge is there a lot of people unfortunately they have little to no experience because all they've done is, you know, went to school, which is fine, which is great. But I, you know, I see that a lot of um, complaints saying I can't maybe find a position because I don't have any experience. And, but how am I supposed to get experience when I've been going to school? <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So you really, and that's kind of, I can imagine that's very frustrating. Yeah. And, and that's what I said. I think the best of both worlds, I, and you know, I think this is the other thing too is, and I tell a lot of my students this that are looking to break into emergency management I said, don't, don't be afraid to go to the volunteer organizations that exist out there. Um, yes. You know, on the West Coast, there aren't a lot of volunteer fire departments. Um, sure. On the East Coast, there's tons of volunteer fire departments that you can mm-hmm. get, you can cut your teeth out. I mean, I, I started out as a volunteer firefighter in upstate New York, you know, so that's, that's, that's how I really got, when I was 18 years old, you know, I, I got interested in, in, 
in public safety because of that, you know, so, so that's a, a really great starting point. So those kids that are graduating from college that don't have that real world experience can go for the American Red Cross or Team Rubicon or Salvation Army right, or right. the volunteer fire department that's out there mm -hmm. or local volunteer organizations, tons of them that do some relief work, you know, get involved there. And that's a really good way to get experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's, that's, that's building. I think we have that problem wherever we go, right? It's how right. do you, how do you unfold that onion of, of experience versus, you know, education. And that's mm -hmm. why I said, I think like somebody who like yourself, who is in that first response mode um, and is able to go and finish their education um, is, is probably the perfect fit. I think where we do a disservice to the public is where when we pick up that guy who, you know, retired from, you know, the police department a year ago decides he needs a second job because of whatever wants to buy a new boat, you know, and then, um, you know, goes applies for emergency management position and only took some IS courses from FEMA and says, okay, now I have this experience in this, you know, when that's when something happens that where we have a failure to communicate to, to uh, quote a movie, um, where, right. you know, we have this failure to communicate and you see this, like for instance, Sonoma County in California went through a really tough time when they lost a whole village basically a town part of a town to a, a wildfire and they decided because of this and some other things that they now are hiring a full-time emergency manager for the county the first one in the county's history mm -hmm. you know and i hate to see tragedy create position right you now you know look at what happened you know in in new orleans with the issues that happened down there you know what i mean again here we have tragedy creating positions you know so yeah. I, i'd like but to avoid that yeah, absolutely. And you make, and you make good points and, and um, absolutely. And so I guess my only thought with that is, it, you know, maybe the way we hire emergency management, you know, usually managers usually interview and, and that stuff, you know, maybe we need to have a people maybe think about having a, a test of some kind for the hiring process to kind of just test basic knowledge and uh, for these positions and on a point system, much like you see in fire departments when they test, you know, that's just right off the top of my head. But I think having some regulations on how you hire, because I, you know, you obviously everyone's heard of that, what you mentioned about the person just wanting to buy a new boat and you know, they just kind of want to get a little bit more boost on their retire or retirement package. But you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm curious to see how long that lasts be simply for the fact that you're going to see a lot more very, educated you're going to see a lot of um, people that are have a lot of experiences coming out of school like you just said doing taking advantage of volunteer experience and you know that they're gonna they're gonna have the knowledge base and hopefully maybe some experience to to, to take over those roles you um, know i i think one of the things that we can embrace as emergency managers and and i and i and again i've been on the record saying this multiple times the iem's cem program mm -hmm. uh, i think is i think it for what it lacks I think it's the best thing we have out there right now. Right. And that, that's a great point. That's yeah, absolutely. I agree. And let me, let me ask you this. So, you know, while I'm thinking about it, let's go back to emergency management and EMS. You know, like you said, most people have police experience. Most people have EMS experience. You know, I know a lot of some college programs that have emergency management, you know, they have EMT classes, just EMT basic classes in their curriculum. And, you know, I wanted to kind of also ask you, what do you think about, maybe, you know, at the university level, implementing like a paramedic program for them to have an emergency management degree. You know, obviously the EMT is a great start, but, you know, I think having these 
kids, I'll use the word kids or, you know, young adults coming out of college with a paramedic degree kind of, I think would might boost it or vice versa, you know, going back to what I said, where people coming out of paramedic class should have some, some sort of curriculum for emergency management. Well, you know, it's interesting. I know a few years ago, there was this really big push to have the paramedic program be an AA program uh, instead of just doing 120 hours of EMT and then you right. know, whatever the standard hours, I forget what it is now for, for paramedic, you know, to, instead of having just, you know, basically you go to EMT school, you work for six months in the, in the rig and you come back out and then you do six months of paramedic school and mm-hmm. then you, and you, you know, you get your, you get to start IVs and stuff, you right. know? So, uh, you, you know, they were saying, oh, okay, we should have a, a par, uh, an associate's degree. And I know a couple schools that, that started associate's degrees, but it didn't really take off. You know, the standards aren't there to say that it has to be. And, and it's funny because like, you know, other countries, you have to go through, you know, two years of training to be a paramedic. Right. And, and you know? I'll, I'll actually comment on that. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, you could just go to uh, your local private ambulance service and probably they had a paramedic class where, you know, just knock it out. And that's great. And not saying those people are bad medics at all because they're right, probably right. not. But, you know, I, you are actually seeing a trend uh, or an uptick in having a, what's called accredited programs and accredited programs most always are associate degrees now. So that's why you're really through the national uh, registration of EMTs, register of EMTs, excuse me, that you're really starting to see while it's longer, you're accredited EMS programs with associate degrees. And the, like where I went through with the Illinois Central College, he was um, the gentleman that runs that. He was one of the first ones in the central Illinois and maybe even the state that actually offered this. And, you know, it, having that degree really helps, you know, with your job and then even going on to your undergrad. So I, I think it's a great thing. Right. I do too. And I know some of the pushback came from, from fire. Right. You know, that, you know, that said, Hey, we don't want to have our guys have to go through, be gone for two, two years because right. they, want, they want to be able to hire them and then train them and, and go through right. that process. And well, but it's funny because like that, that happened with EMT too. I mean, I know for the longest, for the longest time that I won't say any names of the departments, but there were some large city and County fire departments that trained their own EMTs that didn't mm-hmm. go through the state register for, for EMT stuff. They just trained to their level. And then once we went with the national registry programs, all the EMTs had to go through an accredited EMT right. program, yeah. you know? So, I mean, progress is going to happen to where, right. where, where you're going to have to have this education uh, to, to run, you know, mm-hmm. and I can see the same thing. Like I said, there was a, there's a gentleman right now who um, he's finishing his PhD. He is really pushing for the fact of having emergency managers having to have at least a bachelor's degree to sit in that seat because there's, there's a difference between obviously between, and everybody here that's listening to this, or I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of my audience, we're all in this position as emergency managers. But it's a it's a different it's a different thing when you're sitting, waiting for a call to drop, right? And then it is for us to be on a daily basis dealing with elected officials and city management, um, upper management of of all of all branches, you know, all services. So like, and that's why I, I think the emergency manager should be a separate entity because right. number one, you need to deal with the fire chief. You need to deal with the police chief. You need to deal with the director or the, um, you know, the director of the planning department. You need to be able to deal with the director of public works. You need to deal with the director of the parks and recreation. You need to be able to deal with the director of sanitation. You need yep. to be able to deal with the power company. You need to be able to deal with, 
you know, you know, the whoever else, you know, uh, Army Corps of Engineers, when you have flood zones, you need to be able to deal with the guy who's in charge of the power plant for, you know, whatever. Those are the people that you're dealing with on that level. You know, and I think that's where it becomes important that if you're number one, a collateral duty for your city, are, and, and I hate to say this, but are you going to be able to walk in and be at the same level and have the same command presence that you have over uh, anywhere else? You right. know, and you have to be able to be able to decision maker when you walk into those rooms. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it time and time again where the collateral duty person walks into the room and is like, um, I need to call over here to see if we can do this, mm-hmm. which is okay. You know, because sometimes you want to slow things down anyway. But right. is that the person who you want in? And you know, let me put it this way. Would you send a line level firefighter, and I'm talking to the fire chiefs out there, or would you send a line level officer to the police chiefs to an all police chiefs or all fire chiefs meeting? Mm. I'm going to guess you wouldn't. You probably right. want to send, uh, you know, assistant chief or someone like that, right? So right. why would you send an emergency manager who doesn't have decision-making, somebody who's filling that role that doesn't have a decision-making ability into the room to where decisions need to be made? And that's, right. that's really where we're at today. Mm. That's where we're at today. And, and I think that's where cities are missing the boat when you have collateral duty emergency managers, you know, and that's my, that's my opinion. Again, I've said this. No, it's very interesting. So I'll stick with it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in addition to all that, you know, I think emergency managers have a, a even almost a, a worse role in addition to everything you said, you got to get all these, you know, stakeholders um, in, you know, have a relationship with them, but then you also have to value, you know, somehow show that you're worth getting paid. You know, because nobody cares about emergency managers until there's a problem, right? <laughs> so <laughs> if there hasn't been a problem in 20 years, and you you know you gotta you gotta keep talking to your 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 board, your village board, or your city board, and your mayor, and and you, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So how do how do you see EMS, uh, you know, interacting? Like how do, how do you see as EMS? Obviously, in your department, it's a it's the same. It's a single service, right? You have EMS and fire. Mm-hmm. How do you see EMS specifically working into um, the roles of emergency management? Like, what what role can you see uh, that the position of emergency of, of EMT or EMS specifically filling in that uh, at EM? You know, um, you know, well, at the ground floor, if the, like you're just, I'd say, regular paramedic. You know, as in, in emergency management, I, I don't really see it. I, I think you're going to see a big uptick in paramedics and EMTs trying to become emergency managers. And so it's kind of the opposite way around. It's not really emergency managers trying to become EMTs. You're going to see the latter. So, you know, I guess I really don't know how to answer that question in regards. I think a good EMS um, paramedic, depending on the scene, their best role in emergency management can obviously observing the scene, making sure the scene's safe as they can, and then reporting that back and then figuring out, you know, triage systems, uh, you know, with for those of you that don't know, I'm sure everyone, the listeners know this, but triage is just to see all the victims, prioritize them according to acuity or how sick they are, and then trying to find ways to transport them out. And so that's going to be the big role for EMS providers uh, on the ground. How about in the EOC? See, I, and, and currently, you know, uh, I think I think they could play a big role in EOC and, and simply because they can prioritize or help the providers on the ground uh, provide transport, at least try to, you know, organize other responding ambulances, try to provide additional like helicopters for air evacs if need be. But I definitely think they have a role in the EOC. I think they, 
can really take that burden off maybe the fire chief or whoever else for the, the, the injured and, and, and really relating to the fire chief or whomever, you know, what the situation is at the patient level. Do you see uh, EMS-based uh, emergency management working well with, like, say, hospital evacuations and things like that? That's a little bit, I'm not entirely sure about that. You know, EMS doesn't have too much input as far as the hospital settings go uh, for evacuations. Um, but, however, that kind of goes back to your EOC question. You know, if we, the ground level guys call, and guys or gals, call the EMS uh, liaison at the EOC and say, hey, we have possibly 50 patients, you know, I don't know any hospital, at least where I'm at, that can handle that much all at once. So, that could also be another role for that person in the EOC to call the hospitals like, hey, we have potentially 50 patients and divide them up accordingly, or at least assist them and divide them up to where they go. But as far as the actual evacuation, I'm not familiar with any EMS agencies that, that actually do that for, right. for hospitals. All right, Timothy, we're coming to the uh, near the end of the uh, of our time here. Um, so two quick questions. Yeah. So one is if somebody is interested in reading your article, how could they find it? Uh, yeah, they can go to gyms.com. Uh, it's gyms, J E M S.com and just search for pre-planned EMS role in emergency management. And then what book or books do you recommend to somebody that? Uh, that's a great question. I actually just started uh, reading a book uh, called emotional intelligence by Daniel Goleman, PhD. It basically just kind of helps you be a better leader, how to think properly in stressful situations. And uh, I definitely recommend it. I'm about halfway through, but it's, it's a great book. Awesome, emotional intelligence, great. And then is there anything else you'd like to say to the emergency manager before we let you go? No, I uh, had a great time. I definitely appreciate it. And uh, you know, just be safe out there. All right, thank you for being here. Thank you, sir. <laughs>